Welcome to Coaching Carrie, the podcast where two lawyers turned life and leadership coaches rewatch Sex and the City and can't help but wonder, how would Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, and Samantha's lives have been different if they just had a coach to help them along? All right, Becky, where do you come down on Aiden's country house? Good storyline, bad storyline, shithole, like lovely country retreat. What are you thinking? Um, So my biggest objection to the whole storyline is like came out of fucking nowhere. I know, right? So that's my biggest. I mean, like, so (laughs) so he's had this project that he's like done a lot of work on. So clearly has spent time there. And we've heard nothing about it until just now. And it gets sprung as, oh, by the way, here's my house and you're coming next week. Like the whole thing is just contrived. That's what I'll say. I also have like some specific, (laughs) like he has a screened in porch, but no screens on the windows. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Also, why are you communing with a squirrel? I mean, you want to make a squirrel friend? That's cool. But like, I just don't. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, I'm now holding my head in my hands. Yes. It's just conceptually, like I said, contrived. And I have lots of questions, as you'll hear when we get into the summary here. So I feel like these are season four's LA episodes. Like this was their answer to get them out of New York for sure. a little while, right? So like, you know, in season two, well, in season one, we have some Hampton stuff. You know, we've got the LA episodes. We need to like get them away from New York a little bit because we have the two the two episode run with Aiden's country home, right? Yes. And and then it disappears again. And I also was like, oh, they could only pay for this location for a limited <laughs> for period of time, so they had to like pop up and then leave immediately. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, that house is a shithole. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, so like I, I grew up in Minnesota and went to plenty of people's cabins that were truly cabins, right? And mm-hmm. so I've got a little bit of a tolerance for like, if you want to have your wilderness spot, that's cool. Right, whatever. But I just like that. It, like I said, it's this like disconnect that's confusing to me. And I mean, yeah. we joke that in Minnesota, the state bird is a mosquito, right? So like nobody would ever <laughs> have a cabin without even the most basic of cabins without some sort of like bug protection. And yet he like goes in and throws out, you know, throws open these like unguarded windows. I mean, honestly, and she's constantly like swatting bugs, bugs. while she's up drinking vodka Kool-Aids, which I was like, I need like a, like a low country drink that I just drink in the dead of summer like that. <laughs> like yeah. Vodka yeah. Yeah. Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. The uh, the country house. I don't know. Jury's still out for me. <laughs> yes. And so as you point out, here we are in season four, episode eight, nine, episode nine, nine sorry. Nine. Sex and the Country, uh, which originally aired on July 22nd, 2001. And this episode is at its essence all about compromises. So Carrie and Aiden embark on a trip to his cavern in Suffern, which they make a ton of terrible jokes about the name, um, which is very much under construction. Uh, they arrive and there's a squirrel, which is evidently terrifying to carry. Um, they end Your up pass- scream. Oh my God. <laughs> they end up sort of passing the time, but according to her, not enough time being intimate. And then Carrie is bored with nothing to do and no one to talk to. 
Um, Aiden gets stuck the next day working on the pipes. So Carrie heads into town to get cell service and food and calls Charlotte, who basically tells her appropriately, I think, to just try harder. So she goes back and decides that she's going to help Aiden with some of the work and then proceeds to get covered in mud. So she leaves the cabin and goes to the city and goes out to dinner with Big, which I have questions, but um, (laughs) whatever, Um, who it turns out Big has met someone and the someone is a movie star named Willow Summers. And he proceeds to describe their first encounter in a fair amount of detail, which Carrie stops. And then he tells her he thinks he's in love, which prompts her to get back to the country. But this time she drags Samantha with her for entertainment. Samantha's unimpressed with this country spot until she spies the young farmer neighbor, Luke Gilmore. And um, she and Carrie have decided to bake a pie from scratch. So Sam goes to get milk from Luke. Milk. Not an ingredient in pie crust, FYI. I I was wondering, and I was like, certainly not a cup of it. I don't know what they need that milk for, but okay. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So he tells her to go ahead and milk the nearest cow in the barn and normal Samantha activities ensue. Carrie finishes cooking her crust and tries to convince Aiden to make her help. I'm sorry, to help her make the filling, but he doesn't want to. And they kind of get into it. They're like bickering, but then the squirrel arrives and she freaks out and drops the pie plate and burns her legs. And she admits that she hates the house. So as a compromise, they decide she'll spend less time there. Miranda, as it turns out, is still Steve's in case of emergency contact. She asks Aiden to ask Steve to update that. And in response, Aiden lets slip that Steve's got testicular cancer. Miranda and Steve meet up to discuss. Miranda asks lots of questions for which Steve has no answers other than a repeated, it's no big deal. Miranda tells him it is a big deal and offers him a referral and a dose of reality that results in Steve's tears. Later in the episode, Miranda offers a formal peace offering in the form of Chinese food, and kung fu movies and she's overly compromising which leads steve to say he's leaving because he doesn't want to be treated like a cancer patient Mm. she learns that although he agrees she was a bit harsh at the park it was the nudge he needed to get the care that he needed finally miranda waits for steve after surgery and takes care of him saying that she's you know going to be there for him then we have trey and charlotte in the continued saga of we're trying to get pregnant And Charlotte planning the heck out of it. It turns out on the magic day and hour, which is complete bullshit. (laughs) As somebody, you don't have you don't have a a stopwatch that tells you when you're. It just like made me get with it. Crazy because there's so much like murkiness around the female reproductive system anyway, and then they had to go and like just make a total mess of fertility generally. Anyway. On the magic day at the magic moment, they'll be at the orchid show in Connecticut with Bunny. Thankfully, we get a tour of Bunny's orchid greenhouse, which culminates in her gifting Charlotte an orchid in anticipation of the grandchild gift. And we learn that Trey has kept Bunny in the loop on their efforts. Worse than that, Charlotte goes upstairs to take advantage of the moment and finds Trey in the bath and Bunny sitting next to the bath talking to him. Charlotte leaves to beat up some dirt in the greenhouse and Trey comes in <laughs> She's like stabbing it with the trowel, right? I mean, I understand. I understand why she's pissed off. And she basically says like that behavior, that that time behavior is inappropriate. She won't be raising her child that way. And he says instead that he was raised by his nanny and that really the only time he ever got with Bunny was bath time. So they do the deed and they ruin Bunny's prize orchids in the process. So that is this week's episode. 
I'll let you weigh in, but I want to tell you that my first coaching question, quite honestly, was for Carrie was going to be, what made you decide to wear high heels to the cabin? Because she's seen pictures of the place. Like, what would prompt you to show up? Like, it's almost like a snub in the face of like, I'm not going to make this work. So lots of footwear questions and sort of attitude questions for her anyway. So your point is well taken. She is dressed completely inappropriately basically throughout this episode. And yet the outfits that she wears in this episode are probably some of my favorites in the entire series. I love that freaking weirdo rainbow skirt thing that she's wearing when they get there. It's an adorable outfit. And frankly, it's like pattern mixing that I would never come up with. Like I there's totally, I have no, nothing bad to say about it other than it seems like a total head in the sand decision. Yeah. Right. But let's also back up for a second. The existence of the country house comes out of nowhere, as we've already discussed. It is dropped on her, not as like, hey, you feel about spending some time at my country house it's like you're coming to the country with me like (laughs) i would also not be too thrilled about that presentation of like you're doing this carrie i might have a little bit of a rebellion too and wear some high heels i don't know yes i took it as like i am being dragged against my will in an old ass truck (laughs) Carrying two bags of groceries on my lap with a dog like breathing in my face, yeah. I'm wearing my goddamn stilettos. And I could get behind that, but I'll tell you that I also feel like it was totally out of character that Aiden made her struggle up the steps with her um yeah. with her suitcase. Like I think it would have been way more appropriate, way more Aiden appropriate for him to have him to have like set his stuff down, come back, picked her up, and like, darling, let me get you to the top of the stairs, you know? Yeah. And then brought her stuff up. Like, that would have fit way better. It's on, I think they just wanted to create that moment of, like, tension of, like, you don't fit in here. But yeah, that was not really my coaching question. I just was like, I felt like she made a number of bad footwear choices in this season, in this episode, I mean. Like, yeah. Yeah, why is she wearing stilettos to, like, bake a pie in the kitchen? It's bizarre. Why is she wearing rubber boots with no traction in mud? Like, I mean, that <laughs> that whole interlude where they were like, hey, you know what we should do? We should get Sarah, like, we should get, we should get Sarah Jessica, like, super dirty. Muddy. Wouldn't yeah. that be funny? And I'm just like, why can't, why is she not able to stand up? Like, I don't understand why she cannot remain upright in that scene. <laughs> Well, and why he lets her continue to struggle like that, which also doesn't seem very Aiden-like to me. Yeah, it's like his brain fell out. He's just like, anyway, get on up, grab that railroad tie, girl. We're schlepping this down to the pond. Like, what are they, also, what are they actually doing? (laughs) I wondered the same thing. I did wonder the same thing. Are they building a container garden? Are they building a retaining wall? Like, what are they doing? Is it like a, a... pseudo patio that they're like laying down things for what's happening she literally says like are we gonna slip these on down to the pond or what and i I was like first of all he said the lake was a mile away i don't think you're carrying that for a mile like what is happening (laughs) it was an idea somebody had and sarah jessica was like that sounds fun and then they were just like cool let's put it in the episode like it makes no sense. Well, and like ostensibly he was doing whatever he was doing with the railroad ties by himself before, before he arrived. Before out there. What is he doing? Like hulking out? Like, <laughs> like picking up these. It's The whole thing makes no sense. It makes no sense. 
Oh my God. Yeah. This episode, there's a lot. There's a lot that doesn't, you know, that's just, I feel like there's a lot that's there for the punchy. Like you said, it's like the LA episode, like just there to be situational comedy. I mean, like, why does Samantha put on the ridiculous hat before she goes to meet Farmer Luke? Why does... Right. Like she already has a tie in her top. Why does she untie it and retie it in a different manner? Like it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Like I know I look more country now. Yeah. In her like silk pants and I know. mules. Right. I mean, whatever. Right. She's also wearing unsafe shoes for a barn. <laughs> I mean, however, that green skirt with the ruffle butt, love it. <laughs> Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> what she wears with big. I yes. agree. It's adorable. It's like it's she, adorable. It's like she got back from the country and she was like, oh, hell yes. I am going <laughs> to 11. I'm wearing the <laughs> ruffle butt green skirt <laughs> to this dinner. <laughs> Screw the country. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, so I have, I'm trying to figure out where to start with my actual coaching question. All right. I'm actually going to leave the country for a minute. All right. And I have a question for Trey. Oh, which I think we sort of know the answer to, but I just wanted to highlight it as a question. Yeah. And the question is this, what makes it so difficult for you to set boundaries with Bunny? I mean, his whole explanation of like, I was raised by a nanny and my mother would only come in after tennis and like, draw me a bath and we would chat. I was like, you're aware that you're a grown ass man. And there was like no bubbles in that bath. Thank I just want to say. What was it? Was it his shoulder like in the shop blocking his pee pee? Yeah. I mean, like we don't see his dick, but I was kind of like, why don't we see his dick? Because there weren't any bubbles. You're absolutely right. I mean, right. And he constantly puts Charlotte in these situations where she has the potential to become embarrassed in front of Bunny. Yes. And then he's forever justifying it based on like, this is the, like sort of I... I mean, the the message that he gives her in its least favorable light is, well, I have to behave that way because that's the only love I got from her as a child. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to take the scraps that I can get, sort of. Well, and neither of us have matured at all in the 40-odd years I've been alive. Correct. (laughs) So we we still have to play out this theatrical engagement from my childhood in order for her to pay attention to me. Yes. Which we know not to be the case. In fact, just tell her you're going mattress shopping. Yes. <laughs> or really mess. anything. Right. Give her any any excuse to weigh in on your life right. and she'll show up and weigh in. Right. Uh-huh. It is bizarre. And the fact that Charlotte sort of lets it go is disappointing. Like, she doesn't push real hard on him when he gives no, her No, like, this. that's enough for her. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, fine. Then let's just get back to it. Right. She's just kind of like, all right, task at hand. The the, the 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 ovulation watches thirty minute on. ovulation window. <laughs> let's get let's get busy. Glad we talked through this mom mommy stuff. Now we can you know hit the hay. Yeah, I mean it's bizarre. It's really bizarre and it's hilarious. But I mean she, he does at the expense of Charlotte continue to be in these compromising positions with his mother, and it bites Charlotte. I mean like she walks in and like come make love to me right. And then she busts into the bathroom and there's Bunny. And it, you know, granted, nobody says anything, but like, that's embarrassing to say something like that in front of your mother-in-law. It's super embarrassing. And yet he doesn't seem, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of empathy for how she might be feeling in any situation with Bunny. That's clear. Not at all. Or like the fact that she's already stripped her shirt off and she busts into the bathroom with no top on. Like, I would be mortified. I don't know. I mean... (sighs) 
Trey. Trey, Trey. <laughs> I mean. So then I have a question backing into the country for Aiden. And it is, how did you hope it would go Yeah, when you brought Carrie to the country? Yeah, I mean, does he just think that she's going to be like, oh, this is so charming and love it? Because he knows who she is. It's not it's not like she's led him to believe that she's like a no, country. No, she girl is fully herself with him. Yeah. yeah. But that's you know, going back to our original discussion about this, like this comes out of nowhere. He yes. hasn't like wired her at all for like, hey babe, I really like to, you know, tinker with my cottage out in Suffern on the weekends. Uh I'm gonna be gone for a couple weekends and then maybe like when I've done this work, you can come hang out with me. Like there is no it's just like, it's there, you're coming, get out there, and you have to love it. And if you don't love it, I'm going to yell at you. Well, and what does even like loving it look like? And what is her, I mean, I'll just say it this way. What is her role there? Like, he's not inviting her to Ew. fix it up with him. He's not inviting her to, he's not saying, come help me with the pipes or like hold the flashlight for me or something. You know what I mean? Like, no, there's no inclusion happening on his end. Like, you can come right. Like, you can come basically live your life. Of like in, writing in Suffern, except what you do when you're not writing won't be available. Right. <laughs> and I won't be awake late to entertain you. And I mean. Right. So get drunk by yourself. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder like what his expectations were because he clearly is a little bothered right when they have finally have the blow up. Like there's some he walks into that like you can tell some like he's not wanting to help with the pie filling like. He's off put by something. Which, to be fair, she I feel like in that moment, she is legitimately trying. Like, I mean, she made a pie. Like, this is a woman who doesn't cook who was like, let me be, make a pie. I mean, pies are hard. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, it's not, I chocolate chip cookies, you yeah. know, like pies are hard, yo. And she's got a pretty good looking pie crust there. Yeah. And he's kind of like, anyway, I'm going to go get in the shower. Like, good luck. So yeah, like when she when she finally does get on board to some extent, I understand she's got Samantha there, and maybe that's you know points off for you know bringing your sure. your friend. But Samantha's not there in that moment. He comes home. She's got the pie. He's like, anyway, I'm gonna go get in the shower, and then of course it turns into a disaster because she's like deflated. She's like, why? Sure. Why, why won't you like meet me where I like? Why won't you meet me? Why halfway? won't you compromise? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, why won't you meet me? Halfway? Yeah. And so I think that that ties into my last question, which is for Carrie. And I thought it was really interesting when she, um, that first night that they're there and she's like, I didn't have anything to do. No one to entertain me. No, you know, and I just had to be with myself. And my question is, how does being constantly in motion or entertained serve you? Mm. Yeah, because that keeps coming up, right? That there's mm-hmm. nothing and it will in the next episode that there's nothing around. Yep. That if you want food, you have to make it. If you want entertainment, you have to come up with it. If you want a drink, you have to mix it. Like there is the house and the woods and that's it. And it doesn't seem like she's doing a ton of like reflection on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I could have asked the question the inverse way, like, what are you trying to avoid? Mm-hmm. But I actually think it's interesting sometimes rather than to dig into what we're trying to avoid, it's like, what feels good about this? What feels comfortable about this? What feels safe about this? How is it serving me? Because sometimes when we can sort of appreciate it for what it is, we can then have the comfort to dig into what we're avoiding. Yeah. And I mean, 
you could ask like, why did she come to New York City in the first place? Right? Yeah. Like two decades ago or whatever it is at this point. Yeah. Because, you know, we know that she comes from like a flyover state and arrives in New York and then, you know, buys into it completely and becomes a, a New Yorker. And she even calls it, you know, back in the civil the center of the center of the civilized world, you know, Samantha's like having sex with someone before she comes out to the country home. They they all buy into that idea of like New York City is it. Yes. It's the place, it's where you, you know, everything is, everything is possible. Like this is where I want to be. And anywhere that isn't that is kind of like, well, well, what's here for me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she did find an outlet though. Yeah. No, and I mean, look, there's some there's something to be said about like I just am an extrovert or I just like this is just mm-hmm. what I like to do. And mm-hmm. I'm here for that. So I'm by no means suggesting that it's wrong to enjoy city life. Yeah. But I think it's interesting how it's become there's like a point at which it's like I enjoy it and it's a crutch. Yeah. And so like how do you find that distinction? Well, and you know, when she does, you know, buy into the the idea that like, okay, I'm gonna try to find a place in this new Mm-hmm. milieu it's like she's in costume right she's also yes. wearing like the cute shorts and then the, like the the tied off you know um shirt the camp shirt and you know i'm gonna play act that i'm a baker making, and yeah, making a pie now yeah right and it, it's yeah it becomes like theater yes instead yes. of you know finding like what are the things that that are available here that I can find that will serve me as well and maybe in different ways than the city does, but you know, that I can enjoy on my own terms. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So for a, we'll call it a flyover episode, um, (laughs) still a lot of, a lot of me to think about, right? So we had the question for Trey, which is um, what makes it so hard for you to set boundaries with bunny question for Aiden is how did you hope it would go when you brought (laughs) Carrie to the country? And then for Carrie, it's, um, how does being constantly in motion or entertained serve you? Or the inverse of that, what are you avoiding by being constantly in motion or entertained? Yeah, really good. Really good. Awesome. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll um, be back next week with another episode. Hey everyone, it's Becky. If you're enjoying what you're hearing here, you can support us by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and by following us on Facebook or Instagram at Coaching dot carry dot podcast. Thanks for being a listener. Hey, that's Becky. To connect with me, the easiest way is to head over to my website at untanglehappiness.com. There you can learn more about the services I offer, as well as get additional information about my book, The Happiness Recipe, a powerful guide to living what matters. I look forward to connecting with you. Hey, it's Carrie. I would love to connect with you out in the world at carriewalshcoaching.com. There you'll find more information about me, coaching, blog posts, and an opportunity to sign up for my newsletter. Or if you or your company is looking for executive coaching, you can check out the atalantagroup.com for more information. That's the A T A L A N T A group.com.